Hanratty's Huddle with Terry Hanratty. He's Terry Hanratty. I'm Rob Adams. Dave Taromeo is here as well. And it's the first time all three of us have been able to sit together and have a conversation about the world of college football, the NFL, and everything else. Terry, first of all, how are you? I'm wonderful. What a bonus for the audience. Can I have all three of us here? I love this. This is great. <laughs> Dave, I'm glad we made this work. Yeah, this is great. I'm mean, talking with Terry about doing this, uh, you know, since the uh, summer months, and we've got a few under our belt, and I'm excited to hear uh, what Terry's got on his mind today. Yeah, Terry, me too. We, we were kind of talking off the air uh, before we started recording, and I, and I think you've got some important things lined up today. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, one thing we've done so far, I think, is gone over a lot of Notre Dame, a lot of Steelers and stuff. I think we did it pretty well. I think we, we, we hit on a lot of good topics. But the one thing that's been really coming up lately is the, is the artificial surface that all these players are, you know, most all stadiums are, have them now. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, the Players Association wants the owners to rip up the stadiums. So I start doing just a little background. Obviously, I have no medical background whatsoever. I've never done any tests on any surface, but yep. I'm... Yep. Probably one of the few people that could really take you through the evolution, mm-hmm. only because of my age, <laughs> the, the evolution of the football field. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'll go back to, you know, when I was in college, the two best football field playing surface back then was yeah. Notre Dame and Green Bay. What made them so good? What made them so good is that there was little play on it. Uh, Notre Dame had, back then we played ten games with five games at home. Right. So you played five games on that field, and you played a spring game. Mm-hmm. So that's six games, and the stadium is shut down. And these people, these ground crew are out there picking out weeds, picking out weeds. And it goes back to the point where people don't realize that they're watching TV now. When you had all grass field back then, there was a crown on the field. Right. Yep. So if you sat on one side of the field and looked at the, your opponent, you could barely see him because there was that crown there for the drainage. Sure, sure. And a quarterback had to adjust. If you're throwing a 15-yard out, you better bring your ball down because that receiver is going to be running downhill there towards the end. So you got to bring it down and you know to, to hit him on the money. So, but those are the little things. But you know, I talked to my my uh, then the evolution of going to Pittsburgh, and we played in in uh, Pitt Stadium. Mm-hmm. And what happened there is that uh, it was before. Uh, Three Rivers was built right. one year before, and you had uh, high schools played at Pitt Stadium, Pitt played at Pitt Stadium, Steelers played at Pitt Stadium, <laughs> and by November it was a quagmire. Right. I right. mean, there was trying to turn, there was no drainage whatsoever because it was all mud, and it was really a miserable place to play. Then you have the evolution to go down to Houston, Texas, where the first artificial surface was put in. That was the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. And that's like playing on this wood <laughs> with about a half inch of cushion on it. And the big thing back then was uh, you'd get the rug burns, and the rug burns would, would turn into infection, cool. and your staph infection. A lot of guys who have staph infection end up in the hospital for mm. a couple of weeks. Then they learned that the substance that was put into the artificial surface was causing that. Then it was the evolution. They had to get a little better. You know, started out bad, and all of a sudden now it's getting better. But the whole time along here... We, I talked to my friends, and I said, do you know, know anybody back then with their ACLs, uh, Achilles tendon, any of these injuries? And we couldn't come up with any of them. And so I, I think it's, it's not so much the surface. Yeah. Because we've, I played on the best surface. I played on the worst surface. <laughs> and you, you don't notice anything in, in the injuries. But I really think, that I look 
now now you got to look at the players. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, back in the day when I first started with, with the Steelers in 1969, you know, we had six preseason games. Yes. And the last couple weeks, the first team played every every part of the game. That's amazing. You know, we started out the first preseason game where the starters would play the first quarter, and you sort of graduate, work into being hit on the football field. Yeah. Nowadays, they have three games. They don't play any starters till the final game. And Rodgers played a couple, maybe one or two series to start right. the Jets season this year. Right. And you end up with these injuries. And I really think, you know, you're paying these quarterbacks and these top players $250 million to play. And you're, you're really protecting that you think you're protecting them. Yeah. But in essence, you're hurting them. So there's a fine line. I don't think it's the artificial surface. I really don't because I talked to doctors back then and they said, you know, when we went over, you know, switching over, the doctors would tell me that you had more ACLs with the natural surface because you had the grass that would grab your spikes. Mm-hmm. And you had to get different, depending on what field you're playing at, you change, you know, with the weather it was, basically, you had a tall spike, medium spike, and a little spike. So you had to constantly change these things around. And he said, in the artificial surface, you get more dislocations and separations because you're hitting that hard surface and you're popping. There's no give on it. Right, right. So you're popping your shoulder out and breaking your shoulder bone or whatever, that type of thing. So nowadays you have to, you know, these guys, I think they really have to take a hard look at the Players Association. I know they're all complaining about this. It's a heck of an expense to to change your, your field or what. But you really have to. You think you're helping the, the athlete, but in essence, you're hurting them. And I think you, they have to come to a fine line where you can only play a guy a certain amount, but he has to get his repetitions in there. And you have to be in hitting condition to play football because the last thing you want to do is go into a game and not really been hit much. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now you're banging heads against these guys, and something's going to give because your joints are so stiff there. Yeah. It's just as rigidity. Yeah, it, it it's... It's so interesting to see the kinds of injuries we're having and, mm. and the repetition of these industry in, injuries. And I was, I was even saying to you off the air, and just in my coverage of high school football, the amount of cramping I'm seeing going on hmm. throughout the high, high schools lately. It, it's, it just seems like it's a lot. It's, uh, that's, again, they, they have to be taking their fluid. Hydration. You, yeah. yeah. It's a hydration. You see it in when it's... Uh, it's hot conditions, but now again, you know we're getting into the fall and it's starting 40, 50 degrees out there playing. You shouldn't have no cramping at all. I agree. And that's also it's it's staying hydrated, but it's also staying in shape. And very mm. few teams run wind sprints anymore. Right. You know we used to run wind sprints after every practice. Yeah. And you know we we were in Pittsburgh. We were live. The line was live. The offense and defensive lines were live every day. Mm-hmm. The the running back would come through the hole and he'd get a good thump. But they wouldn't tackle them, but you're still getting hit. Quarterbacks, you know, hands off. We were we were too small for those guys. <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you really have to, you know, to, to play a, a contact sport. You have to have contact in order to get into that sport. Well, sticking you know, going back to the fields for a second, just thinking about this year and just thinking about the Jets, for example, the Giants playing at MetLife, and obviously that's another stadium. You have two professional teams playing there. High they schools. do have colleges yep. and high schools play there, so it's almost you know financially it would be you know again if they had a, a regular grass field, 
it would be it would be so abused, you know. But um, you know, you think about you know Aaron Rodgers, four plays in with his Achilles. They've had three or I think they've had four total Achilles injuries this year. Now one was Vera Tucker, and that was in Denver. Denver is natural grass, right? So I don't know. I mean, is it something in the train? Obviously, you're right. We mentioned before. I mean, we never heard of Achilles injuries. Now they're no. as common as as the ACL, MCL, Achilles. You know, so it's it's just amazing to me. But and Garrett Wilson, you know, came off the field in that the giant game, the game before, and just said, "This field is crap." I mean, and, the, and he's such a nice kid. For him to say something like that, I mean, really tells you how you know. And I'll throw a little more into the Met Life thing. Uh, just earlier today, on the day that we're recording this. The National Hockey League had a press conference for two hockey games that are going to take place at MetLife coming up in February. Yep. Plus, concerts go on there all concerts, the time. So yep. a lot of things so, happen in yep. these facilities. Right. You know, Three Rivers was a multi-use facility. We all remember the yep. days of the cookie cutters. MetLife's kind of that way also. They're not sure. playing baseball there, but, you know, a lot of things going on in these places. Well, all these stadiums realize, you know, again, it's the almighty dollar. Yes. You know, Notre right. Dame has the same. They have concerts in mm-hmm. the offseason, so that... that uh, it's now it's now it's regular it's artificial surface, but uh, now they have the concerts in. Once they put the once they put the artificial surface in, the concerts came right away. Yeah, <laughs> because you can't you, you don't want to hurt that grass. You kill it in one concert, but uh, <clears throat> no, it's it's uh, it, it you know it's it's a something that's going to be talked about for a long time. And I thought we'd probably get on top of that right away because I really I've just had too many surveys with these friends that I have, and and we just can't. I know we're old and we forget a lot of stuff. <laughs> But, you know, we can't, we couldn't think of anybody with an Achilles. And if you look at the Achilles, you know, Rogers got tackled. Yeah. And he got bent down. Mm-hmm. And that Achilles popped. Mm-hmm. Well, if he had contact before or sprinting or running, that would be loose in that joint. And that thing would have more give. What it would, maybe it would still do it, but he still had to at least have that, the fluidity in that joint to help protect it. And Dave, you're a Jets fan. Rogers played what one cameo, one or two cameos. I think he played a two series in the final preseason. That's game. what I thought. Yeah, two series, and that was it. So uh, the first series was a three and out. I remember that because I was watching. And then the second series, I think they uh, they scored. He threw That's a touchdown right. pass, That's right. and and uh, and then he came out. That's so, right. I, to Terry's point, and I, I think what Terry is saying is, at least what I'm hearing is, all of these injuries, and in here you have owners that are paying a premium for these players, right? A premium, but yet now you have you have less, you have the fields that that really aren't helping, and you have well, it's really the union, you know, who don't want these players getting all this extra practice time and and, and to try to protect them, but they're really not helping them. No, they're not. Not at all. I mean, you're, you're really, there's a fine line. And, I mean, both sides really got to sit down and talk this over because, you know, you got Roger, you're paying him all this money, but now he's, got, he's, he's not playing because he's, he's injured. Yeah. Maybe right. you had played him a little more here and got that body used to maybe give him a couple thumps on the field. Yes, you're going to have some injuries in preseason, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to point the finger and say he shouldn't have been playing. But in the long process, I think it's going to help everybody out. And, and I've seen many a player use a contract situation as an opportunity to get out of yeah. training camp, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we have seen preseason injuries. And you're right, Terry, it does happen. I mean, Chad Pennington one year against the Giants in a preseason game. Mark Sanchez got hurt in a preseason game. But I think to your point, 
I mean, the, the, you know, again, I think they're, you practiced that way for a reason, right? You, you went live. We, I mean, we went back and going back to high school. There was a reason why you needed to do that physical training, if you will, to get your body prepared for the games. And I'm there's saying, an old season. saying that you play like you practice. Yeah. You do? So, yeah, <laughs> if you're right. just walking around the field and practice. In fact, it was funny because we went 20 years ago. My son, Connor, who played at Notre Dame, yep. lineman, he was 10 years old. And we, I took him into Latrobe, Pennsylvania, to watch the pre, the uh, the uh, preseason practice. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, we're sitting there watching the practice, and he said, eh, "Let's get out of here." I said, "Wait a minute! I just brought you back to, to training camp here. You want to watch a Steelers practice?" <laughs> but it was so boring because hmm. nobody did anything. Nobody was running. Yep. They had four live drills where they had the linebacker and the running back. And they blitzed the linebacker, and the running back took one thump on the on the uh, linebacker. Yeah. Next one, they each took one turn and left. Then they were over there eating uh, popsicles. <laughs> going, Probably would have mattered to go go across the street and try to see Arnold Palmer play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was it was so I, I could not believe that this was a, a pro camp anymore because when we were mm. there that was it was horrible mm. <laughs> the uh, way you worked out. Coach Cower, I love you, but you were boring people back. Then. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we we will get to do a rare unofficial commercial message in that if you hear any background noise we yeah. owe a thank you to where oh, we're yeah. sitting That's hotel right. mtk yes, in sir. mount kisco new york who <coughs> mike who runs things here allowed us to come yeah. in and kind of sit down and do the podcast today and we'll do our radio show later on the for, clubhouse for yeah. folks wondering yeah. and who's your guest for the radio oh. show hmm. um so a little cross-pollination here for the steelers <laughs> notre dame I, I forget his name and uh, oh, I know the yes. other the other guy, Hall of Famer, uh, Earl of Pearl Monroe will be Earl's on, and Terry is going to be on That's later. Right. That's great. We're going to we'll promote the podcast. And Terry, you were on another podcast recently. I heard that he sent me that uh, uh, that Arv Harv. I'm sorry, Aronson. He yeah yeah Arv, how, how Arv that, Aronson yeah. out of uh, Fort or Jacksonville, Florida. Big big Pittsburgh big, Steeler guy. Big right? Steeler fan and big uh, big or uh, Notre Dame fan. Huh. And you know this is I think this is a lot of fun. I mean I've I've wanted to do this. And thanks to Dave and Rob, I said because I had no clue how to do it, <laughs> the mechanics of it. So now we're finally getting on air, finally getting things. Oh, oh to have listeners sitting with us at that first <laughs> breakfast over in Wilton, where, yeah. where Terry kind of looked at us and went, "I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> I can talk. <laughs> I know That's football, it. but I don't know. I don't that. know the yeah. plug. I don't know how to plug anything in." Well, all right. I, yeah. Since we're all sitting here, and we've got a few minutes left on this edition. I have to ask you, what the heck happened against? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Why can the Pittsburgh Steelers not beat this team? We are probably the most inconsistent team. I agree. I mean, I really thought that uh, the quarterback from Jacksonville, I forget his name now, but Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. I thought Trevor Lawrence would probably lo- light us up, but he didn't. He didn't, no. You know, we, we, we really shut him down, and, and to shut him, I think he's a hell of a quarterback. He is. And to shut him down and lose the game, I just don't understand it. There were a few defensive uh, miscues that he exploited, I'll say that. One for the, I believe, the game-winning touchdown. Right, yes. But you're right. Otherwise, the Steelers made some really good defensive stops and, and some takeaways and just well, the, 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 nothing with the offense. The defense has been winning winning the games each and, week. Yes. And it, the thing is, they can only go so long so far. The offense really has to pick it up and carry their, their side of the game because you can't let – 
play defense every week and just you know wait you know try to hold his opponent to 14 points and that le- tough to do it leads me to another Steeler team which was the 76 team had arguably the greatest defense ever mm-hmm. but the offense was and mm-hmm. let's face it part of the reason was Terry wasn't on that I team. wasn't there I was on in Tampa okay so <laughs> En- enjoying the fun and sun in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> that, that was part of the problem. The Steelers, but the Steelers' offense was really banged up that year, and the offense couldn't help the defense out. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to, you have to have the consistency. I mean, you can you're going to be yep. In order to be successful, you got to be great on both sides. And they one side picks up the other, but one side cannot carry the whole team right year, for a full year. And tomorrow night, the Steelers take on the Tennessee Titans, and one of the three people in this uh, podcast is going to be at that game. There you go. How do you Uh, see it going? uh, I'm not going to be there. (laughs) Now you're down to one, right? I'll be in front of the tube. That's me. How do you see it? I really think think Pinkett, he said he's going to play. He's got a bruised rib. It's sort of uh, got to chuck all that one. Cause I, played, uh, <laughs> you're very, I, played, very I played one year. I'm passionate about that. I had two broken ribs on my throwing side. I never missed a game and never missed practice for five weeks, and we won four and one. So then I broke my wrist. But then <laughs> that's another story. But if you got, if, especially nowadays, you, they have these rib protectors. You know, we never had them back then. That's right. And uh, but I think he, he said he's going to play. Tomlin says he's sort of day to day, but if. Pinkett said he's going to play. Pinkett said he's going to play. He's going to, he's going to play. I like it. And I don't see them losing again in, in there you go, folks. their stadium. There I you like go. that. There's so your prediction. I think, I think – uh, And then also switch, just switching gears, lastly, uh, you know, Notre Dame coming up with a big big blowout win of Pitt, 58-7. And, and Clemson uh, is going to be – Clemson's also not having a great year. Uh, Dabo Sweeney coming under fire and – I don't know if you saw the fan call. Then he gave him an earful about how much money he's making, and Dabo stood up for himself. I don't blame him. You know, Dabo has been so great for Clemson. Yes, I yeah. don't see how anybody could really get on yeah. him. I think he's a wonderful coach. He's a wonderful human being. He's yeah. taking care of a lot of kids. Well, that's what he said to the guy. He said, "Look, I mean," and he let the guy talk for like five minutes, just beating him up about his salary. And he said, "All right," you know, and he said, "Thirty-two years, you never even were contending." We've got two national championships in seven years. You know, it's a shame on you for, for telling me how much money I make. That has nothing to do, you know. So. Winning spoils fans. Yeah. Oh, God. Always and does. You know what? That's he exactly have, what he said. He may have made it. He may be making six, seven million dollars, but he brought in a lot more for the program. Yeah, eleven. He makes, he makes eleven, but 11, still, whatever. But, but, you know, if you look at what's saving, I mean, these guys. Listen, it's what the market will bear, right? And 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 you're right, and he's right because I, that has nothing to do with the fact. Look, they've got two national championships. They are oh, they are one of the premier programs in college football now. And at the end of the day, and also Pitt, the pit coach, by the way, after that blowout. I was just about to ask yeah, that. He threw his team under the bus, He too. did. Yeah. He did. How? Yeah, that, that tells you a lot about a coach right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And I yeah. thought Narduzzi's done a good, a good job yeah. with that team. but His players uh, are not happy with Pitt's it. A, yeah. Pitt's a tough, it's a tough school to recruit to. Yeah. Because you're, you're about the fourth wheel there. Yeah. Yeah, because sure. Because the Steelers are number one. The Penguins are number two. And you got the baseball team. Uh, you might be tied Pirates, with the Pirates. Yep. yep. And it, so it's but tough. It, but and it's, it's a it's, good college town, right? It's a good, well, it, it's an okay college town. It's one building straight up in the air. Well, and, yeah. And, and, and you've got, you got a campus around it, you know. And uh, But uh, no, I was I was happy with Notre Dame last week because they were coming off a bye week. Yeah. And there's a couple ways you can go on that bye week. You can come off and be really flat and really, you know, and they were at the beginning of the game. Then yeah. they picked it up. They got a couple turnovers and, you know, 
Katie barred the door from there. Yeah, it was not a not a great week for Pitt. I I thought they'd play better than that, but they've they're not having a great year either, and that's you know that's yeah. to be factored in. But Notre Dame, much well, better on their part. Well, they beat the heck out of Louisville. Louisville they'll beat the heck out of us, and we beat the heck out of Pitt. Yeah, yeah, it's so, hard to so figure. Go figure. You're right. And so so this Clemson game's a toss up, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> they, they scared the hell out of me down there, yeah. so I'll take a one point win. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, you take that one point win and, and kind of stay in the mix down the there stretch of the season. I think it'll be fun, yeah, because after that, you know, we have uh, Wake Forest and Stanford coming up, so after yeah. that, we should be in pretty good shape. Should I'll throw you, I'll throw you a curveball, baseball. You, you into the World mm-hmm. Series at all or no? You know, as long as my Yankees and my Pirates aren't in there, you know, there's, there's you know, the football has saturated the airwaves. Yeah, it has. Every yeah, once, like right. last night, I watched a baseball game because yeah. it wasn't any football. There was some, yeah. you know, bad football on the blowouts here and there, <laughs> but the, then the baseball game ended up a blowout. It did end up a blowout. Got close late, Dave. Not not a bad game. Are you into it at all or no? You know, I haven't really watched much of it. I have to be honest. Uh, and I did see the score was eleven to one, so I was like, "Why well, am I going to bother?" And then I saw the final. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad they came back a little bit, but. Listen, Arizona has proven they're not out of it, you know, so you know, if they win, make it 3-2, then they're in the same position they were with the Phillies. Down 3-2, going back, they got to win two on the road. So, yeah. and, and Texas is that without their best player, so we'll see. Garcia, well, Garcia's out, Scherzer's out. Yeah, Scherzer, please. Yeah. <laughs> You'd say that. I knew Dave would say There's that. There's that Met fan <laughs> there. it is. There it is. Guys, are we, yep. we good? We good very, to call very. it? All right. Yeah, I think will, we can do it. We will call it on that note. We thank you for joining us on this edition of Hanratty's Huddle, and we'll talk to you next week. For Harry Hanratty, Dave Taromeo, I'm Rob Adams. Thanks for listening.